Welcome to Successful Style, everyone. I am Rob Giardinelli coming to you from the C. Baldwin Hotel in Houston, Texas. Easily the swankiest new hotel in this town. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Swankienda is what I'd like to call it. I'm Lance Every Morgan <laughs> here with the Stuart Rosenberg of Public Content, the founder of Public Content. Well, one of the four. One of the four. Yeah, the tallest one. The tallest founder (laughs) with the biggest personality. No, they all have big personalities. Yes, they do. Yeah. Welcome. We're so glad to see you, man. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. I appreciate the invitation I think the whole city is hung over from your soiree last night, the opening of the C. Baldwin Hotel. Uh, The whole city is a buzz about it, as a matter of fact, when they are waking up finally and not hung over as much anymore. (laughs) Well, that and the Astros game. And the Astros game. I was going to say, that even gave more reason for people to celebrate after 10 o'clock and just stay and have more cocktails and have more fun. And more cocktails. (laughs) Well, you know what? Stuart's life is very much like Gloria Gaynor saying last night, I will survive. (laughs) Precisely. Oh, that for a segue. <laughs> and so let's talk about the survival rate of the great Stuart Rosenberg. You're a native Houstonian, native well, Texan. Somewhat. I actually, you grew up here. I grew up here. I moved yeah. here in, um, in 1977. I was actually born in Johannesburg. My dad was a doctor, and at the time... Um, they were recruiting a lot of doctors out of South Africa to Houston. So oh, there's actually a, for the a, medical center. Exactly. Yeah. So we looked at um, my parents looked at London, Houston, um, and Los Angeles. And I remember my mom crying, 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 getting off the plane. And <laughs> in, in, I think in the summer of 1977 in Houston, Wow. it was a very different city then. Um, yeah. Very wild west. Right. And I think that was still is a wild extreme, west to some of us. Definitely. But not as wild west as it was back then. Wow. So, I mean, those were the days of Gillies and, you know, yeah. Urban right. Cowboy. And, right. um, but I now I think she's one of the, the biggest boosters of the city, but it's been a fan, really fantastic place to live. So I, I grew up here. I uh, went to University of Texas in Austin. Yeah, go Horns. Yeah, I know exactly. Go yeah. Well, yeah. talk about see if it's changed. I uh, you know. Amazingly, it's uh, the campus yeah. is actually unrecognizable now. It is so. certainly West Campus. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and not a lot of the old school places that we used to go to. Like Abel's is still 40, there. So if you is. want to have an electric lemonade, yeah. you can still go well, there and I, have that. I wonder if my ID still <laughs> up on the wall. <laughs> Probably so. And Mal's <laughs> drugstore for writing a hot yes. check. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's long gone. But it yeah, is. yeah, and so then. But you went to the big city in New York. I sure soon did. Thereafter, yes. Yeah, so I the big um, apple. I I worked in Houston. Uh, I originally wanted to do commercial real estate, and I needed somebody to hold my license. And so I, I sort of lucked into a situation. I met Beth Wolf, who I think you guys know. Yeah, right. Of course. Yes. Sort of very big on the, on the fundraising scene in Houston. Heck yeah. And so she sort of took me under her wing, and I I worked. I was an advertising major, so I did a lot of their kind of marketing materials, and um, and did a little bit of real estate on the side, Great. and then. Another friend of mine, Melissa Rubenstein, was working um, in New York, and, and Gail Rubin, my now uh, business partner. And life partner. Yeah. Non romantic. Non romantic. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Non romantic. <laughs> she'll, she'll definitely reinforce that. <laughs> and um, we um, basically, Melissa said, you know, why don't you come here for the summer? Gail had just moved out into another apartment, so there was a spot available. And she said, Wait a minute, Gail lived with Gail her? and Melissa. Lived oh together. my God. So it is a threes company episode. It sure this was. Is. Wow. Yeah, yeah it sure Interesting. Was. But that's the way New York works. Yeah. Certainly yeah. with Texans in New York Definitely. and the bond that is there. And it's pretty amazing. I think one of my first days, I was walking um, near Bloomingdale's and I ran into one of my best friends, Ashley from Austin, Claire Ratliff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she had also just moved to New Claire York. Claire Ratliff's daughter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, I think that week. So wow. um, it was sort of a, a whirlwind. But I, 
Yeah, so it was a great opportunity. Carol um, Barden, who I think you know as yep, well. I know them all. Um, at the time, I think it was called the Red Book. It, it was a kind of a listing of PR firms, right. and you'd sort of go through that and see who um, their clients were. And, and so yeah. I picked out some agencies that I thought you know would be of interest based on their on their uh, on the cool client. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And uh, Carol said to me, you know, hey, let me look at the list. She was at the time writing for Conde Nast Traveler and Travel and Leisure. Yeah. And you know, let me see if I can help out with an interview or two. And one of the interviews, my I think it was actually my first interview, ended up being my best interview. And I was with that firm. Um, it was called Middleton and Gendron then mm-hmm. um, for almost four years. And worked on some amazing accounts: Rolex, Singapore Airlines, um, Celebrity Cruises. Only luxurious. Yeah. Only, exactly. The yeah. Savoy Group. Only the best. And Singapore sure. Airlines is the it's best such a great airline on yeah. the planet. I no, mean, it is, is just. Yeah. It's. Thanks Top to Stuart notch. Rosenberg. Well, yeah, exactly. No one knew about that until Stuart yeah, exactly. Rosenberg took over the account. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was living sort of a very unusual life. Um, I was eating ramen noodles yes. probably for four four days of the week. Yeah. And then I would go to maybe Hong Kong for a long weekend yeah. and stay in a suite yeah. in the Four right. Seasons. So yeah, it's a big mix. <laughs> that is yeah. a mix. But isn't that cool to look back on that? I don't that think, I don't know if kids do that these days. I don't no. know if, if they know how to mix it up like that. But you certainly did because that's what you wanted. It, and it was really, it was an experience. I mean, I think when people ask me, you know, would I, would I move there? I'm not sure that I would be able to move there yeah. in my 30s or 40s. But to be a 20-year-old in New York, yeah. you know, was unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. Especially then. I mean, I think it was sort of on the cusp of uh, the city being sort of clean enough and safe enough that you could do what you wanted. But at yeah. the same time, there was a sort of a, a still kind of a grit to it, which right. made it really exciting to be there. Yeah, because I, I know you have... I, I grew up in the Northeast, so, like, the forbidden fruit was always going into a big city. Like, I'll never forget my sixth-grade class trip in the late 80s where um, basically it was a one-to-one ratio from suburban Philadelphia to New York because every parent was like, over my dead body, you're going to New York without me. Exactly. You might get killed. You might get killed. But I think it is a – and that was back in the day, not to date you, but that was back in the day where you really kind of had to go to a major market. Oh, sure. To to gain the experience that you wanted to then call your own shots. It helped to have – that because that wasn't really here. No, and I mean, I, at honestly, that level. At, the, at the time, there, you know, UT now, there's an amazing public relations uh, program. But yeah, now it wasn't was, even a degree then. It wasn't. I mean, and that's, again, I was an, an, an advertising major, which was sort of a catch all for a lot of Right. I still have nightmares about Dr. Murphy's 318J uh, class. That's so funny. He was, <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Oh, still wake up in a cold sweat because <laughs> if you can make it through that you can make it at any agency in manhattan yeah. it was by an, far it was a great advertising program yeah it, it really was, was really strong it's one of the best in the country for yeah. sure yeah so yeah i mean pr didn't exist at all really you know i think like it does now and especially in houston i mean i think when we you know came back here um Tell us about that. Tell yeah, us about so your journey sure. transitioning. Definitely. <laughs> to Houston, not well, any it. other I transition. Yeah. You, yeah. You're clarifying that <laughs> Yeah. <one. laughs> we have to. I said we were going to get raw and revealed. My voice, <laughs> my voice <laughs> did get a lot deeper than, um, yeah. Um, oh, I, so, so, I mean, I had a, a really amazing run in New York. After 9-11, um, Gail and I, by this point, we're, we're very close friends and we're sort of, you know, new, the city had, had started to change. And, yeah, I, yeah. you know, I think we were also at that, that point where you're there for sort of these blocks of time. Yeah. And, you know, every four or five years, you've got another group of friends that leave. Yeah. And, you know, the, the whole dynamic was changing. And some of our friends were getting married and moving to Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was just right. it was different. So yeah. um, Gail said to me, you know, I had this dream. And, and she was like, I, I think we need to go back to Houston and open a PR firm. And so... We started kicking tires with some of the media folks that we'd been in touch with just yeah. to sort of gauge the market. And we were very lucky. I mean, we 
well, first of all, the, the company that I was working with at the time, which was another great um, privately owned then um, travel-focused PR firm, said, you know, we'll keep you on your accounts and, you know, go ahead and move back and we'll, you know, as you pick up business, we'll just scale you off. So it was a really unbelievable, wow. unbelievable way for us to start in business Rare. Exactly. That is rare. Exactly. So, um, I, I mean, honestly, we found an office, I think, after maybe a few weeks. Um, and one of our first clients was actually Hotel Icon, mm -hmm. which was okay. just, I think, months into us having started the firm. Because that's when I first met you guys. Yeah. I, I had just started Brilliant Magazine when you all had started Studio Communications. And Hotel Icon, we had a party with you all there. Exactly. exactly. Um, it was, I mean, what a great way to launch into Houston, too. The coolest hotel the chicest restaurant it was unbelievable. oh my god yeah john george wonger yeah. had the restaurant and randy gerber had the bar yep wow and um it was such a special place that the designer um her name is Candor scott mm -hmm. of a firm out of san francisco had just had, did the most unbelievable sort of historical uh historic uh, kind of reinvention of the project yeah, yeah. it's very it incredible gorgeous yeah yeah so that helped set that path for the kind of clients that you and Gail saw for yourselves. You know, definitely. I think our goal is really to have a set of clients that sort of story told so that, you know, mm -hmm. they all one way or another wove together. You know, I think our, one of our, our, our big priorities was bringing media here from out of town, right. especially media that we'd work with that were friends in New York. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning, it was a lot of arm twisting. You know, we yeah. had friends yeah. that said, you know, what are we going to do in Houston? Like, what, are you, you know, are you kidding me? And then they came and they loved it. Yeah. And I think it was the same experience, you know, that, that, that I had had again moving back. You know, mm -hmm. I was a little, I'm not a big crier, and I remember leaving the city and driving over the George Washington road trip back with a friend. Mm -hmm. And I mean, just sort of like, you know, tears kind of right. falling down my right. you know, cheeks. That's what thinking, you well, knew. What have I done? Right. You know, should, yeah. Am I doing the right thing? And But it's been such a fantastic city to come back to. And I think, well, I mean, for all of us that live in Texas, I think the last, you know, almost 20, 20 years has been so game changing in terms of, right. you know, what people think of the state, what people think of the cities. You know, I think Austin always had its own vibe. I think Houston's really only come into its vibe, mm -hmm. you know, much more recently. Because and of it, studio communications well, and now public in part, content. In large part, yeah. <laughs> no, let's, I mean, let's give credit where credit's well, due. Yeah, that's You're, true. The wish, rise in prominence of Houston is directly correlated. I wish I could take credit for that. Well, but, well but I give it some. No, yeah, but I'll tell you what, I think it's been a really big team effort for a lot of people who move back from other cities and yeah. who love Houston. Um, who who really have been working together on the you know on the on the from the visit Houston side Lindsey Brown filling yeah. up who's working on the PR for the restaurant Rosalie here which is an right. amazing restaurant right. from Chris Costantino um, he uh, Lindsey and I had started working together when she was the visit Houston literally 17 years ago yeah. and you know the idea was just how can we change people's perceptions and right. I think it was. You know, again, once you, it, it's a city you can't drop somebody in the middle of and expect them to sort of find their way. There's right. got to be a, an, an element of handholding. I think now, yeah, good with point. Light rail and, and and other sort of ways yeah. to get around. Look, Uber. It's been a much more explorable city where I think right. that was a challenge. You think that was an impediment in those days. because of the vastness of Houston? I think it is, and I think the neighborhoods are very different now. Yeah. You know, I think now they've really knitted in and, and knitted together in a way that they weren't before. I mean. You know, the heights certainly was not the heights of today where right, everyone not at all. wants to be. I mean, yeah. it was, I think people had tigers tied up in their yards. Yeah. Oh, not, gosh. Not really? I think they, yeah. was, For real? They still had live, there were sort of yeah. different livestock rules livestock. there. Oh, yeah. my God. Or, yeah, or so no livestock it, exactly, permitting rules, exactly. as the case would be. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I grew up in the River Oaks area, and it was sort of 
you know, it was an island with really nothing to right. do around it. Yeah. Um, the area between here and downtown was non-existent. I think there was probably more police tape on on Buffalo Bayou Park than yeah. there. And that's right. Okay. And now that is so not the case. No, I mean it's, it's incredible. That's like an incredible green space. And I mean, I, I think what I love is when people come here from out of town, and I think one of the first things they're surprised by is how much green space there is in the city. Right. And I think yeah. for all of us that live here, we almost take it for granted now. But I mean, it's yeah. been new park after new park mm-hmm. after new park. You know, yeah. they're, they're programmed, activated spaces. Um, Buffalo Bayou Park, uh, I mean, they do an unbelievable job. Trudy Smith was at the event last night, who's um, kind of the head of promotions. And, and she just is so incredible with media from out yeah. of town and telling the story of, of how, you know, that has become such an, an integral part of people's day-to-day lives. Right. And I think not only from just making it a more beautiful space to drive through, going right. into downtown and becoming part of, you know, our, our sort of vision for what the city could be, but also as a space that people use, you know, on mass, and I think the same thing with what's going on in right. Memorial Park mm-hmm. now. So to have two parks like that of that scale, yeah, you know, and Major Herman Park in the middle right. of the city, it's pretty amazing, right? So, yeah. Discovery Green and on and exactly. on and on and on. Exactly. So say someone is dropped in Houston to use your earlier reference, sure. and they're moving here, being transferred here. What are some of the top things that you personally love that you feel is so unique to the city that you might recommend? You know, I think lately, and this is. Obviously, what I think we we're becoming known for is the cultural side of the city and the and the culinary right. side of the city, mm-hmm. and I think that the the vastness of choices for dining out and and for museums and and theater world are, class are really museums. I mean, they are uh, world class is probably an understatement, but yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. they're incredible Milky Way class, yeah, I like Galaxy that. class, Galaxy yes. class, yeah. No, I mean to have to have an amenity like the Menil here is mm-hmm. unbelievable. I mean, that, that really brings people in from all over the world. That's free to the public that has you know I think being part of a campus that makes it so mm-hmm. unique with these sort of smaller more intimate spaces that you can discover um, I think that um, just the amount of free programming in the city that's yeah. made available through like Miller Outdoor Theater and, and mm-hmm. other venues is really incredible as well um, but I mean I love sort of the offbeat um, elements as well things like um, the art car museum and the beer can house um, I think Bayou Bend and Rienzi are incredible yeah, yeah, assets stunning. that surprise people. Yeah. I mean, not only for being in the middle of the city on these sort of incredible, you know, amounts of acreage. Right. Um, so you've got the gardens and you've got sort of the art and artifacts mixed into it, which make it so yeah. unusual. Right. Um, and then again, I think now we've got sort of truly interesting neighborhoods. I think the Heights is obviously a go to. Um, you know, Lower Westheimer in the Montrose area, I think, mm-hmm. is still really interesting. Maybe yeah. not, again, like in New York, as gritty as it used to be, but yeah. I think certainly right. amazing from its walkability and the, I think just yeah. the diversity of people that you see when you're in the neighborhood. The Baps Temple, which is in Stafford, mm-hmm. Texas, yeah. kind of near Sugarland, okay. is, is almost like our version of the Taj Mahal. It's really, really fascinating. Yeah. Um, so I think there's a lot of quirky, a lot of quirky things to see, which make it make it fun as well. Yeah. So in the last 20 years, which, again, let me just restate that you've been a part of the rise and the prominence of Houston with your talents and and Gales and your teams and your companies. Give us kind of a a, a mirror ball look at what you think is going to this is all going to be like in 20 years, because we heard a fun fact yesterday, as a matter of fact, that the epicenter of Houston, the true geographic epicenter of Houston in 20 years, I think, 
will be where city center is. That's correct. That's actually why they named that development city center. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Another reveal. Yeah. Had yeah. no idea. So, um, which is Stuart name, by the way. Yes. <laughs> well, we've been fortunate enough to work with Midway um, <laughs> since 2009. So it's been incredible to see sort of what they're doing, not only uh, obviously with city center, but now um, on a project called the East River, which is going to be a really game-changing development on the east side of town. Okay, great. So Buffalo Bayou Park is, is actually okay. being extended um, in that direction oh. towards the ship channel, huh. and that'll be sort of abutting that. So that's a, a massive site, three, wow. four times the size of, of of city center, but really kind of woven into the, the geography as well of the on the, that bend of the bayou. So you've got that sort of interesting east end feel, and a lot yeah. of things are going to be happening down there as well. But um, so... Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it is it is incredible to see how much development there is in every direction of the city. Right. You know, I think it's when people say, oh, is, you know, your downtown is evolving, and sure it is, but I mean, I think here it's it's just sort of every part of the city every is changing part of the so quickly. Yeah. And that's incredible. So 20 years. Well, hopefully we'll have nice roads by then. Wouldn't that well, be great? That would be great. Well, you guys have so much <laughs> rain here, it will be very difficult to have nice roads yeah. with, with all, all this rain, damn rain. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Every time they actually tear a road out and put concrete in rather than blacktop, it's like a it's real... Like why? Why, why, well, why? I mean, it, it, listen, at least they're, they're, they're making strides. I mean, I think, you know, in my mind, and I, I know that there's still a lot, you know, for whatever reason, opposition to this, I think people People in some neighborhoods don't want light rail to go through the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I mean, I sort of get it, but you have buses going through your neighborhood anyway. Right. To me, yeah. I think it's an, a real enhancement. Yeah. I, mean, mm-hmm. I, I live um, in the Upper Kirby area, and I'm, I live mm-hmm. right off Westheimer. I would do anything for that to be a light well, rail. That'd be line. great. Yeah, um, to be able to get to the Galleria and uptown, and to be able yeah. to I think go people here would use it. Well, I think they really would. So I, I guess my question is, you know, having lived in New York, so I, you know, I grew up in the Northeast, so I get the whole having a train public right. transportation is the best. What do you think? Texans resistance to that where do you think that comes from you know I don't know if it's a part of the fact Stuart that rode here on a horse by the way exactly <laughs> I mean I that's part, part one great. Yeah. Just tied it up um, I think I, you know I don't know if it's just because we're an, an energy kind of an oil and gas culture and so it's you know it's, it's mm. part of our, our fabric and so therefore we drive and I mean right. I think we do it's wide spaces and you know having a car here it's I, freedom I don't right I, exactly I don't yeah. think yeah. we'd ever be able to not have a car just given how right. how big this the, or how massive the sprawl is, but but I think it is I think it is a mistake because I think as it goes in and people do have the accessibility, it, right. it, it's it's a pleasure. I mean I think mm-hmm. unfortunately here you know there were freeways where there were you know they, there were there were train lines that they took out that could easily have been like Dallas I think did a great job of yes. of converting what they had theirs, exactly yeah. right and right. I think that was a little bit of a misstep here yeah. Um, but hopefully, I mean, I think the tides are changing. I think it's been interesting to see what they're doing in Uptown, where you know Uptown sort of you know took it upon themselves yeah. to kind of create their own transit line that's going right. to be debuting soon. And granted, it's creating a little bit of chaos on the freeways as that's as that's knitted together. And I think yeah. there's a real purpose for it because it'll you know I think uh, help with a lot of uh, commuters coming in. But I, I you know people say well nobody's going to go to the gallery and use the you know that that light rail and i think that's wrong because i think if hmm, you're in town and you're in uptown yeah. and you're from out of town why wouldn't you most people especially from the east coast and yeah. europe are going to say yeah that makes sense that. right it's logical yeah, yeah so you can jump and go from from shopping area to shopping area i think it's going to be a really great asset right so i think as but i think that's what's so interesting about houston i think what the biggest changes that are coming 
are the people because of the people that are moving here from mm-hmm. you know from overseas from other cities yeah. you guys are such an international city but i think i'm always reminded of that when i'm here of how truly international it is it's the truth and you know i think because of you know the diversity of the businesses here i think from everything from the ship channel to the medical center that's happening but mm-hmm. but again i think people here embrace this sort of newness and i think they're they very open to ideas from other places so yeah. but i think our design is improving because of it i think our neighborhoods are improving i think our you know i think just the whole outlook on the city is improving because of that diversity tell us about the style of houston because you and i have talked about this sure. quite a bit and tell us about who that the houston man is who the houston woman is their personal style because it is a super stylish city. I mean, it's it's like a part-time sport to be sp- stylish here. It is, but it's so interesting because I think it's so eclectic. I mean, I think, you know, we when we were working, funnily enough, even on this event, I think there was, you know, there's sort of a, you know, I think for people from out of town, they're always trying to fit a city into a category. And yes. I think you're usually looking at an LA and a New York and maybe a Miami and saying, right. you know, oh, if we were to do, the, to do this event or we were going to do this and that, we should look at this as an example. And yeah. and I think it's not just here. I think it's, you know, Austin, Dallas, San Antonio, yep. you're the same. You can't pigeonhole Texas maybe in the same way no. or right. in the, our cities in not, the same type not of category. Accurately. You no. can pigeonhole, yeah. but not accurately. No. And yeah. I think here, you know, we don't have a celebrity culture maybe the same way that a lot of other cities have completely mm-hmm. agree with that and, you know i think our well, your I, sports team members no, yeah. are, definitely but i, I think mean, you got in it terms here. of celebrities we don't we're not like a we're not a velvet rope right. city in no. the same right, way that right. a lot of cities are Good point. so completely I think agree. because of that it's definitely more of a casual city i think people yeah. love dressing up mm-hmm. certainly i mean mm-hmm. you've been to enough galas here to, to oh know my it God. they, they out. turn it yeah. out yeah yeah and they like to have fun that's one thing exactly we discuss is that there is a a fun energy that it, it's almost potent it exactly. really is with the you know that when people go to a, an event they go to have fun in mind at all they costs do. always they do. right which is fun like last night was a super fun event no and i think i you know i think it's always nice to have you know listen we have a ton of texans in the mix last night and it's fun and people yeah. get excited but i don't think that's the driver of events in Houston mm-hmm. the same way it is in other cities. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think people here, it's more of an, it, it's seeing that interesting mix of people yeah. rather than necessarily saying, oh, there's that person. Right. Um, that being said, I mean, I think a lot of our sort of socialites and business figures have become our celebrities. Yeah, you know, I, totally. Martitas, I agree with that. And the Beckett, Thrashes, and the, you know, yeah. those, those are, are, I think, what people look up to because I think they've, they're pioneering in, in what they do, yeah. and I think that makes them sort of appealing. And maybe somebody to look up to, whether you know it's in a, in a fashion sense or as a mm-hmm. in a mentoring type uh, capacity. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you think that's also a Texas thing to have these bigger than life Person. characters and personas sure. and personalities become the celebrity? Tell us about that. No, having grown up here. Well, I mean, it's funny. I mean, I think maybe not even as much in in our generation but before maybe the glenn mccarthy's totally. um, again another hotel. exactly yeah. and um you know i think um in the days of like the the rice hotel where mm-hmm. you know that everything was sort of about a show and, and kind yeah. of the, the showmanship of it um but yeah i mean i think i think the, i think people here that matter are people who are making a difference um, again, whether that's sort of through philanthropic endeavors yeah. or through business endeavors, I think those are our superstars just as much as you know as the Astros and the Texans and um, you know our sports teams. But I, but I think there's a much much more of a localization about it, um, whereas we're not always looking outside for that 
sort of direction. Well, yeah. And yeah. As, as a person who comes in from another market, it, it's always interesting to see the success of a gala is measured if Lynn Wyatt is going to be exactly. there. Or if Becca Case and Thrash is going to be there, or Joanne Herring King is exactly. going to be there, or Carolyn Farb is going to be there. It's just, it's a really interesting. Or Stuart Rosenberg. Or Stuart Rosenberg. Right. Yeah. First and foremost, yeah. above all, above right. that market. Will Stewart show up? That's <laughs> pretty much on everyone's mind. <laughs> no, but I, but I also think yeah. that those are, you know, I think, um, you know, those the women that you mentioned, I think, have such big personalities, and I think they, you know, they've all done. I think they're not there just to to be there to dress up. I think there's much more to all of them than of that. They're I mean, there to make a difference. Exactly. Like you said before, it they're there. not about the clothes only. Exactly. No. Yeah. Exactly. It is or much the more Instagrammable moment. No, not at all. And no. I think that's what, and it, I think when you speak to them, you know, I think a lot of people are like, oh, like, you know, that there's that person or that person, but they're, I think they're very approachable. Super approachable. And, they are. And yeah. actually have the most amazing personalities. I yeah. mean, like they're sort of so dynamic and funny and interesting. Yeah. And that's, I think, again, what adds to, to sort of, you know, I think the flavor of the city is that, that I think people like to have a good time. Um, yeah. And I think they're, they're, the rule set is a little bit different here. It's a much more... There are li- no rules. Live and let live. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> you know, I was speaking to somebody last night that just moved here um, recently from India. Oh, and wow. um, I can't remember, you know, wh- where this... Um, this kind of quote or phrase comes from, but they said, you know, the only color in Houston that matters is green, which I think is so true. It's like, you know, it's, okay. it's, I think here money is the, you know, money is the mover. Money's um, a, a supporting character for exactly. sure. Yeah. But I think people do, they look, I, 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 I remember when I lived in New York and I thought, I think there was sort of a visual diversity because you're on the street. And so, yeah. you, you know, you see right. it more just because right. you're on your car all day. Yeah. But, um, but I think in terms of, I think my friends and groups of people I know, and just there, there's, I think the party last night, like you said, very diverse. And I think mm-hmm. that is more of a status quo here than, than in many other places. I think yeah. it's, you, you know, I, I sort of don't even think about it anymore, but when friends come from, from, um, from other places to visit, I think they, they sort of, they're like, wow, this is so diverse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. with Truly. all that diversity, so I have a question for you. So many people are moving to Houston every day. Sure. What's a piece of advice you would give to somebody who is moving to Houston and just wants to either make a difference or get dialed in? You know, I think that's another great thing. I um, I think the ability to start a nonprofit or to do something that you're driven by, you know, I think it's the same reason why it's a great business city. I think because the, the cost of, of getting in is sort of so mm-hmm. approachable. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, I think the cost of living here is great. Um, we were able to start our business because there weren't a lot of obstacles to do that. Yeah. And I think I've had a lot of friends that have had causes that have been a personal interest to them. And they've said, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna have a, a fundraiser, and we're gonna see where this goes. And so right. many of those people that that sort of started in that way have, yeah. have grown that into you know a legitimate nonprofit. Right. So, right. and I, I don't think there are a lot of places where you can do that in as easily. And I think where you can find a groundswell of people to support it and, yeah. and help it grow. So I, I think again, the nice thing here is that whereas I think in other cities people may make an introduction. And they may say, oh, you should meet that person. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I'll send an email or send a text. Right. Here, people go to that. I think they make that extra mile to actually make sure people meet. I think I, I've always felt well, like you're the a, great yeah. connector. That's but, but, for I, but sure. I, I, I appreciate it. But I think there's so many people like that here. I think that, yep. you know, what floats, you know, kind of one bloat floats them all here. I mean, I think right. everybody's yeah. in that mentality. We can do this together. Right. And I think that's why we build a weather, you know, 
sort of financial crises and things that have happened maybe in a Real different estate, way. Yeah. Energy. I yeah. mean, the list goes on and on. Yeah. Uh, the challenges that any city can have, and certainly Houston at this super large level with 7 million people. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. But I think people look for, they look ahead here. I don't think they, mm-hmm. they're not, I think, I don't think they look and they say, woe is me. What do I do now? Right. I think it's like, we're going to get past this and we're going to be better. Right. Right. So let's look what's, what's so it's a, really a resilience, if you will. Uh, incredibly. I think. Yeah. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, the resilience to a <laughs> well, Rosenberg. Well, I want to go. I want to go back to your your business for a little sure. bit. So you said something in the beginning of the podcast, and I wanted to follow up with this. That you said it took a while for you guys to you know really get your first client, get the Icon Hotel. We were well, actually not. We it was a relative. I mean, for us, I was shockingly a relatively quick. I think it was within about six, maybe five, six months, something mm-hmm. like that. So okay. maybe five or six. But but minutes. still, it still took five or six definitely, months. So definitely. what did you do to really cultivate in, in that mean? time to really kind of cultivate and get it and get it growing and get it going you know i think we were lucky because my you know gail had a a very different background than i had i mean hers is much more geared to sort of the the fashion and retail side so you know i think we were able to sort of jump in quickly to to, uh, we had some smaller clients that we started out with on the on the kind of fashion and retail side but but i think again there were so many people that were sticking out for us here Mm -hmm. i mean they're sticking up for us rather i mean that that you know Holly Moore was amazing and, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and people that really, you know, I think they were excited that we just come from New York, right. but that we had ties to Houston. So, yeah. I mean, I really owe a lot of our early success to people in, in the media industry here mm-hmm. who maybe we'd worked with in some capacity, but who were already making referrals for us. And that was right. incredible. Not knowing, yeah. you know, what we were going to be able to deliver locally. I mean, right. they knew, I think maybe our work style because we'd been kind of starting to you know to work yeah, with them or, or sure. kind of cultivate a relationship while we were in New York because they were outlets of interest to right. you know to our agencies and our clients. But I mean again, people like Carol Carol Barden and, and Holly Moore and, and Becca were all I, I, if it wasn't for people like that, we mm-hmm. I don't think we would have been able to start as quickly. Wow. Okay. Um, and that was them I think taking just as much of a chance making a recommendation. Right. Um, and saying, hey, you know, you've got to you got to Yeah. These are the new cool kids in town. Exactly. And and you know what to do. You know what you're doing. And again, I feel like we you know, we try to sort of to sort of pass that on. I mean, I think we you know, I, I think there's a, an air of, of and spirit of, of collaboration here that yeah. I think is important. Yeah. And we love working with other PR firms and other firms and there's certainly there's room for business. everyone, yeah. don't you exactly. think? And exactly. certainly in media exactly. as well, beyond exactly. the PR firms. So where did all this start? One of our first questions is usually, how did you earn your first dollar? And we skipped that completely. Mm. Let's let's Good rewind question. a little bit. Where did all this begin? Well, um, I would say my first official job um, was a camp counselor at um, the Briar Club. Okay. Oh, um, okay. And then that also the mean streets of River Oaks. Exactly. <laughs> Telling you, I see some of my best friends still <laughs> are from those days. Yeah. Um, Courtney Caswell, who is Brian Caswell's uh, younger sister. Yep. Um, she's kind of a bigwig in the entertainment world. Um, and uh, I've said a, a, Brian Caswell. I mean, I knew from back then. I'm trying to think of the, there were there were a lot of us that that um, were. But so th- then I actually had a dual job. So I was also a snack bar supervisor. Okay, huh? at the bar not club. just a so, snack 
bar worker, but a supervisor. And I, yeah. I think I may have given myself that title because so I was the only person working <laughs> in the snack it. bar. I've done the same thing. Um, yeah. But uh, no, I mean, I think my, you know, my parents in the summers <laughs> were sort of like, you know, Stuart, you, you have to have something to do. You, you're not sitting around all day. Yeah. You're not um, watching the gong show all day. No, no. Although that was a Wouldn't that have been fun? <laughs> yeah. But you know what, you know, what's funny about the, the, that job is it's, very emblematic of what PR people deal with. You have to deal with sure. temperamental personalities, which children are or hungry people are. Definitely. You get to work with the public. And, you know, you basically have to cultivate and corral groups of people together. Like there if you're you. a camp counselor, you've got to get 19 personalities together in a room and, and, and make it work. you're a supervisor, it's great training for hospitality. <clears throat> it sure is. is. Absolutely. I mean, it's a gateway. I can, a you gateway. understand the underbelly. <laughs> <Frozen> yogurt. <laughs> yeah, my soft serve <laughs> skills are without a doubt the best. <laughs> that actually sounds really good. I could go for that right now. <laughs> you know. So yeah. believe it or not, we are running short on time. Are we really? Oh, gosh, I know. We really, we really wow. are. So I want to ask you sure. where you see Houston in 10 years. Um, you Where know, do you see yourself in Houston in 10 years yeah, as well? I, I very much hope I'm doing what I'm doing still. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we have so much room to grow, and it, it's right. been exciting. I think this turn in our in our business with this merge has given us the, kind of a larger scope and the ability to do things in a different way, yeah. and so that's been amazing. Um, I think Houston, I, 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 you know, in my mind, I, I would love to get it. Again, we're sitting in a hotel. I hope it becomes more of a destination that people think of as a as a tourism spot. I, mm-hmm. I mean, we're not again. We, we don't have the beaches of Florida, right. um, but I think there's so much to see and do here. You have and similar Florida weather. We sure you do. do. I we lived do. in Tampa for 12 years. It's yeah. the same thing on the other side of the Gulf. I think so many beautiful women come yeah. from Houston because of the humidity well, that is here. Some of them are 90 in there, but they and they're they 90. You never like know. 40. It. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, the humidity does wonders. <laughs> it makes great for great skin. <laughs> it really That's does. That's like me. By the way, I don't know if you do Oh that. my God, <laughs> you're like a 12 year old, <laughs> um, or younger, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, thank you. But no, I, I really, I, I feel like this city, as it, you know, as it, as it grows, and I think as people here, I think embrace it, even locals. I think now there's a, there's a, a pride in being a Houstonian that there hasn't been in a long time. I think you mm-hmm. really feel it now mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a very different way. Well, as long as the Astros keep winning. That's, Right. Knock on wood. Yeah, exactly. I think that's going to continue to contribute it as well as your own talents, Gales, Marks, your all your team well, thank you. who are making this place a much more attractive place to know about than it ever was before. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, man. And thank you guys for all of your help. Oh, we're glad to, to oh, glad to have you on the podcast and glad to work with you continually because it's, it's, and I believe in meritocracy. I mean, you're yeah. getting all these great things that you deserve because you've worked your tail off. Well, thank you. I appreciate well, it. Truly. And we always have to end with one final question. Okay, you know, let's And that do is, it. what do you think, what is one common trait all stylish people have? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I think sense of humor. I love that. And that's true especially in this city I, I completely every stylish person i know in houston has a sense of humor this is i think you can yeah. see that individuality yeah. and playfulness yeah. that i think you don't have otherwise yeah and maybe the, the ability to take risks that you wouldn't otherwise if you were worried about yeah. what people thought about it that's true and you got to be able to tell a joke and laugh at a joke exactly. laugh at yourself really exactly. if you think about it exactly well that's a great mic drop moment it is Stuart Rosenberg. <laughs> i thought he was gonna say plaid shirts like he's wearing right now <laughs> But it, you know, it was something ethereal and thought-provoking. But <laughs> well, everyone, I am Lance Avery Morgan, signing off begrudgingly from the C. Baldwin 
hotel here with the great Stuart Rosenberg. So glad to know you, man. Well, thanks again to have us. Truly. And this is Rob Giardinelli signing off on Success with Style, reminding you that great style starts by having a unique point of view. Have a great day, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye.